All right, Mots, we have back episode 55 of the Rink Shrinks. We have an amazing interview on tap for you guys with uh, Scotty Gomez. Uh, great chatting with him. What do you say, Mots? You ready to go? Let's go. All right, Mots, uh, just before we kick off here, obviously registration is still open for the February vacation defensive clinic that we are running, the Rink Shrinks. Uh, you can register at the sixthline.com, uh, February 21st to the 24th, uh, 9 a.m. for Mites and Squirts and 10 for Peewees and Bantams. Uh, there's only a couple spots left, so make sure you jump on there uh, ASAP and hopefully you'll uh, have some fun with us on the ice. Yeah, it'll be great to get some uh, some kids out there and, you know, BYU and I are on the same page with what we want to accomplish. You know, it's a camp that, you know, uh, kind of really focuses on like the details of certain things and some very specific stuff that I wish I knew when I was younger. That, that's all I can say. So that's all try, you can say. Yeah. To, trying to give back uh, to the youth. Uh, and I wish, you know, if I had that instruction, maybe um, you and I would still be playing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Maybe you, maybe you, but uh I was down, uh, it was obviously we, we talked about it last week and, you know, it was still kind of fresh, but great trip down to Long Island on Tuesday night for Keats game, the record breaker. And, and, you know, we had a blast, just the car rides and the night out and, um, great time at Borelli's, but I was able to enjoy it a little bit more over the weekend. We went down to Philly, uh, the flyers put on a nice little celebration for, for my brother. It was, a uh, more, more time behind the wheel, more time with, uh, you know, the, the tunes going and, you know, one more kid in the car, my wife and, but everybody was well behaved and, and it was good, good trip down there. The, the flyers did a nice thing. I know you guys, everybody was chirping me about my, uh, me wearing the Iron Man helmet that I got. Dude, my phone fits in my pocket too. I almost <laughs> oh, just stopped it get... in there. <laughs> no. So like, you know, just to start, like, that's just so amazing. Like, again, you know, congrats to Keith and, you know, you and your family, it's just like a, such a, a cool accomplishment. And I'm glad that Philly did something at home and you're able to make it. Um, you know, like we're on social there with like the road snacks and like you're just chatting it up. But it's just so special, um, you know, to have a family member like that, you know, a, you know, a friend, a, a brother accomplish like such a feat and to be a part of it and when I was watching the ceremony, I thought um, Philly did a very good job at like documenting his kind of path in his career. Uh, even though he's only been there a short time, like they just realized how important it is to kind of know where he's been and, you know, kind of, you know, kind of those milestones, like those numbers. And then I couldn't get over like how awesome that paperweight they gave him. Um, you know, I don't know. It was like a, like this legit paperweight. I was like, I'm watching. I'm like, are you kidding me? No, it was like, like a. <laughs> what is that thing? It was a it was a gold puck. No, and, there was, the, oh, was it a gold puck? Yeah, I it, was, it was something else, like a glass thing. There was like some glass. Oh no, there was like a Tiffany's. Yeah, I'm like, like that's crystal like, thing, and it said it says his name. I should have taken a picture. It said like name you know, streak at all the teams. So it was, it was pretty cool that he was could it put a in his office. Thing, because I, it looked like on TV and there was one small thing. That, and it no, it was, it was pretty good size. Oh, it was okay, like right. a, like a, I don't know, like a, <laughs> like a vase or something. A vase. A vase. Uh, something where you can put your, your earwax, <laughs> I mean, candles. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or your change. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was, 
yeah, it was nice. And then the other thing was like a gold uh, puck thing. And the same thing. It said, you know, it was all had his names and yeah you know, i'm sorry his name teams yeah. went, you know streak dates all that type of stuff but yeah it was <laughs> it was cool but the, the iron man helmet was pretty sick and, and, and i heard it was uh functional yeah oh yeah so it's so, so, so it comes like like straight down and yeah and, yeah, yeah, that, yeah that that's pretty cool i mean yeah. uh, no as far as that like keith uh congrats again but um you know, for you to be able to get down there with the family uh, this time and like really enjoy it. Um, I'm hoping you, uh, hoping you had a great time and a lot of windshield time for you though over the last week, dude. You're not kidding. Talk about putting the miles on the car. Uh, Those got to be right offable, right? It's like right I mean, technically it was a work trip. It is a work trip. Yeah, just yeah. write it off. Write it off. But and 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 it was funny too. We were going through the dates and they're like, "Oh, the streak started on March twenty first, two thousand nine, and blah blah blah." And the whole time, I think last week, I was like, "Yeah, you know, my son Colin was like five months old." And then doing the math, it's like, no, he was born in October two thousand nine, so he wasn't even born yet. <laughs> like, <laughs> like That's completely wrong. Yeah, yeah. So that was what that was a funny thing we had to talk about, and and it was it was cool too because it was. You know, we, we got to the game a little early because, um, you know, we were with uh, Keith's wife, Kristen, and the girls and, and you know, my kids. So we were there for warm-ups, and we get up. And the way Philly does it, um, it's a pretty cool, like, family box. It's, it, like, got its own bar area. And it was it was a nice – it's a nice setup for the families. But there was this kid, um, Isaac Radcliffe, that was playing in his first NHL game. And this kid's a monster. He's from – the London, Ontario uh, area. And you saw like the excitement of his parents and his, uh, his brothers were there and a bunch of friends and they had just drove down 10 hours. And it was just like really cool. Cause it was like, you, you know, you think back now and like, we're getting old, but it's like, all right. Like, you know, Keith's been at it for 16 years and you can, it, like, I can still remember his, his, you know, first game. And obviously I wasn't able to go to that. I was playing at the time, but my, um, you know, my parents being there and a couple of my uncles and, and, you know, Buck was there and stuff like that, but it was, it was cool to see the excitement and got a good picture with Keaton Radcliffe, who was, uh, the, the, the you know, 10 hour ride down, they were listening to the rink shrinks. They heard us on chicklets and, and, you know, transferred over, they listen to both now. And so we, we were able to, you know, take care of their ride with, and provide them with a, a couple laughs and, Isaac went out and, and played well. He's a dude. He's a physical specimen out there. The kid's like, like I said, six, about six, six five. Yeah, yeah, he's huge. And you know, the whole family were big boys, and and they uh, he competed really hard, and they ended up getting a win, and then they won the next game. I'm like, dude, like after he's the in. first one, I'm like, he's back in. Like they, they they've been on a losing streak here. They they ain't changing the lineup now. You know what I mean? So hopefully, best of luck to them. And and you know, obviously a very special uh, moment for the for the Radcliffe family. Uh, that's great, yeah. Because you know you, you watch, uh, you know, no Philly, and you know the fourth line hasn't really scored per se, but like they haven't been c- crazy, you know, uh, effective. So you know, uh, either getting a shot, getting in there, and being physical, and you know he has, he's he's earned his right to have his NHL uh, debut uh, when he, when you guys are down there. But you know, I, I know that uh, he'll be back. He just he went to. Um, Lehigh just for the all-star break, but I'm sure he'll be right back because they're not going to mess with a, a winning streak, like you said. No, absolutely not. So good luck to him. I know uh, here in Boston, we've been, uh, it's, it was, it was, it was a great tweet by the social media team and or Instagram, whatever it was, but the, 
free agents, free agents, EHF uh, free agent frenzy has begun. Uh, I think we got, you know, Bob McKenzie, Kevin Weeks and all those guys, everybody's tracking it, but it's kind of uh, that silly season we talked about for those of you guys that don't, you know, EHF's the league and as a, that, that our kids play in and, you know, Mots has coached in the past, I coached in and, as of February 1st, you can start signing your own players and, you know, bringing in kids from outside teams and things like that. So it's a little bit, you know, kind of ass backwards the way that it's done. But and we've we've had this debate before. But uh, so it's just kind of a, a funny little social media thing that we talked about. Yeah, the free agent frenzy February 1st, you know. It's like one of these things if I think it was like if your kid isn't signed uh, at, at 12 o'clock, uh, you know, on February 1st, like, you know, maybe it's time to hang him up, but you know, we're just kind of like poking fun of it. But at the end of the day, it's, it is a part of, you know, the landscape, like we keep talking about, you know, um, of the youth hockey and the travel, um, club hockey space. So, you know, you just got to deal with it. And, but really what it is, and like, you've talked about this prior, uh, before, but just be honest, be upfront. And, you know, whether you're a coach or um, a parent of a player and you're trying to, you know, maybe make a move or whatever, just honesty and communication. You know, I, I, it sounds simple, but a lot of people don't do it. And I think that's like the best advice we could give, in my opinion. Absolutely. 100 percent. And it, it kind of leads into this quote. I love this from Johnny Goudreau this week. And, and, you know, I'll just read it quickly. And I know we posted it on social media, but, you know, have fun right now. If you do pursue this career, you'll have plenty of opportunities to take hockey very, very seriously. But right now, just appreciate and build on whatever you love about the game. Enjoy hanging out with your buddies on the ice. No matter how big you make it, you'll miss that time when it's gone. Try that, move out, look silly and get better. Uh, that's from, you know, Johnny Goudreau is a obviously unbelievable player at BC, unbelievable player in the Calgary Flames, uh, well, with the Calgary Flames, NHL All-Star, you name it. He's, you know, I think he's a free agent this summer. He's going to get paid, but complete stud. Yeah, such a great guy, too. Like Johnny Hockey, Johnny Ham and Cheese. You know, it's just like one of these kids that if you looked at him, you wouldn't think, you know, like off the ice. You I mean, know, think he's a librarian. Yeah, he just he's a very slight uh you know kid not very big but when you get on the ice and this is kind of funny i um i skated with that bc team prior to going to the islanders i was a little late signing with camp and camp and this kid was a freshman and i'm like you know you can you're in the nhl you can usually outthink like you know a college player and that's the only reason why i was in the nhl was like you you know you process the game and he sucked me out and back. And then I'm like, who, like, who's this kid? You know, and like sauced it over my stick to like space. And I'm like, this is pretty impressive, you know, for like a 17, 18 year old kid. Then he goes on to, you know, have an 80 point season, you know, and he was playing with Hazy and all this stuff. But you look at him in the NHL now, he's very, still the same size, but his hockey intellect is off the charts. So, like, for him to have this type of approach is very – it's refreshing because that he plays with passion. Like, he plays with a lot of fun, but he's at the highest level. But rewind, that's how he was at BC. And rewind even more, that's how he was down in New Jersey. You know, it's like you have this passion for the game. Have fun. Enjoy your time. It's really what we always say. It's like stay in the precious present. Like, stay in the present. Enjoy it. And whatever it is that you, you enjoy about the game – do that right 
Right. So, and I, I, I so love cool. the end too. Mots, like you said, in, in growing up in New Jersey, um, you know, uh, you said New Jersey and obviously that's where he grew up, but it's like, try that move out, look silly and get better. And like, I, I think back to a couple influencers in like my brother's career and I was like, he was the guy who was like last guy back, toe drag, spinorama, like things like that. And like, obviously, as you advance in your career, like you figure out what you can and can't do or can and can't do, as you would say. But like, like at the younger age groups, like try that stuff out and coaches like I can't stress it enough, like encourage kids to make plays and, and you know, try to get better out there, like make the move, make the toe drag, you know. I'm not saying that that you know, like teach them when is the right time to do it. But you know, you might have some kids that end up being special because they've gone out there and kind of look silly a few times. Yeah, no, that that's part of that unstructured play that um, you know our uh, interview uh, with Scott Gomez talks about. But when you're in a structured environment, you still have the confidence and the you know, understanding that you are last guy back, but you still can can do it and have the confidence to do it. Why not, right? So, like, sometimes coaches, like, you, you talk about development. Sometimes you have to let them make those mistakes or, you know, understand the, the pressure situations, but yet, you know, allow them to try it a few times and just, you know, have fun with it. Have fun with it. Right, absolutely. But before we uh, get to the interview with Scott Gomez, I want to talk to you about Skit Scott. Uh, Skit Scott is the new video-based social media platform that combines the best functionalities of TikTok and Instagram. Skit Scott's feature-rich audio and video editor allows its users to create videos up to one minute long. Um, Skit Scott is a secured social media platform that respects the privacy of its users. Skit Scott does not share, trade, or sell the personal information of its users. This app is made in the USA. Check it out. Skit Scott. Get your skitty on. Get your skitty on. What do you think, Mott? It's time to send it over to Scotty Gomez. Yeah, great interview here. Great person. Uh, very colorful fella. Let's uh, let's kick it over to Scotty Gomez. And we're pleased to have Scott Gomez as our guest on the ring shrinks here. Drafted 27th overall in the 1998 draft by the New Jersey Devils in the first round. Not only a great hockey player with many accolades, but one of my lay down and traffic friends. So welcome to the podcast, Scott Gomez. Thank you. I mean, how long have you guys been doing this? Uh, a year and a half. Yeah, right. I'm glad to finally get invited. That's, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's the main thing. I mean, you know, I got a call this morning and uh, they needed a fill in. So I guess we do go to the bullpen. So that's why I wore my Padre hat because Mots knows I used to be a ball player. So. Oh, that's it. great. I love it. I love it. And and coming to us live from uh, from Las Vegas, just if you want to get into that real quick, we can see the Wynn Casino in the background. I mean, oh, yeah. um, most, most guys would have definitely pulled a, pulled a little like, yeah, sorry, I, I can't do it. That's for sure. Most guys would have. But like I said, uh, you're uh, the guy that runs the show here, or both of you guys. Um, you, there's certain human beings you can't say no to. And it's been a while since uh, me and Mott's talked, but but uh, there are certain brotherhoods that you just uh, – I got the call, and I, hey, I got to come through for my boy. Not that I, it's a big deal, but uh, no, I could have been in uh, – I don't know where, Russia, and I'm still uh, making the call for Mots. That's, uh, that, that's coming right from the heart. I appreciate it, dude. And as far as uh, 
you know, having my uh, my son, I just came from his game. I told him that you're coming on. He says says to say hello and can't wait to make the trip up to Alaska. Hey, waiting for Rydog. That's a great kid. Uh, you know, we got some uh, some funny Florida Panther stories about the kid he'll have for the rest of his life. But, uh, you know, can't say that right now. So. <laughs> Well, let's get into it, By, with uh, our boy Gomer here. Yeah, Gomer. I mean, I think the 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 biggest thing is, you know, walk us through where where you got started in your hockey career. You know, where did it all begin? Obviously, you you know ended up being the first um, you know Mexican to to play in the NHL and win win the Stanley Cup, two of them. But you know, talk us to like you know those early days and those grassroots. Like, when did you fall in love with the game? How did it all start out? Well, if I wasn't on a Boston podcast with two uh, mass holes, I'd, it's it's usually Hispanic, but you know, because I am Colombian too, so I don't want to. I don't want to. My mom, my she's she's gonna watch this, so I gotta <laughs> throw that in there. But uh, no, I grew up in uh, Anchorage, Alaska, and um, my dad, he's one of nine uh, immigrants stories, but my dad was born in the United States, and uh, so grew up in the San Diego area, and he was always a uh, San Diego goals fan hockey. My dad loved hockey. He was just weird. He, he, he loved the sport, never played it. Just thought it was uh, unbelievable. He went to the goals games all the time. And um, when I was four years old, my dad took me to a college game and the university of uh, Anchorage, Alaska was, was huge back then. I was four. I, uh, I wanted to, you know, I saw it once. I wanted to try it. My dad uh, got me a pair of skates uh, back then kids that were still trying out or wanted to, they, uh, the boys and girls club provided a uh, hockey gear. So I remember sitting Saturday, Saturday morning, got my gear. I think the only thing you had to have was skates, your own stick and like, I think a helmet, glove, whatever they, they gave you everything else. And I, you know, went through the boys and girls club, learned to skate all those programs. And I absolutely hated hockey. I, uh, you know, I didn't understand why I wasn't better than everyone. And uh, my dad was working outside, uh, you know, out of out of town as a construction worker. And I remember telling my mom that I don't want to do this. All the kids make fun of me because I'm Mexican. So, you know, I had to put some hot sauce on the taco, which they didn't. But because <laughs> all of us were learning how to skate. But uh, my mom said right away, you're done. You can quit. You know, and my dad didn't let, let me. And when I was probably about 17 or 18, I remember driving in the car because my dad gave us the gave me the old uh, Gomez's don't quit. We we fight to the end by you know, all the BS our dads gave us. And I remember thanking my dad. I said, "Hey, thank you. You know, I really, I really bought into what you said to me that day, Dad. And it looked, you know, we'll get into that. But college was the goal. And uh, you know, and my dad just looked at me and was like, "Did you really believe that? <laughs> like, I bought you a brand new pair of skates." And there's no way that money was going to go to waste. We're going to play no matter what for that year. So uh, obviously, I got a little better, and uh, yeah, and you know, just just grew to love it like all of us. And um, but yeah, so the because of a, pair, a brand new pair of skates is why I'm on your guys' podcast right now. That's amazing. Carlos is the man, iron worker at heart. You know, just making sure that his his kid is able to get out there and and stick with it because of uh, that. And I think that was a good investment, though. Those those you know. I'd say so. Yeah. You ask them now. Yeah. I mean, but, but like I said, we all grew up, uh, you guys are the same way. We grew up well, different maybe for you guys because growing up in Boston, but 
up in Alaska, I mean, there was, there was no NHL. I mean, you got maybe a couple games a week, if that, or whatever. But so our goal was college. I mean, uh, to make our NHL was college hockey, um, to, to have your parents not, uh, pay for an education. That, that was the whole goal. And it's hard for like all our Canadian friends and everyone to think that that wasn't, that's just kind of the way we were raised. And, uh, yeah, it worked out. I, I, I didn't go to college, but, uh, but the hockey goal was never, it wasn't pro. It was, Hey, you're going to get an education. This is, uh, that's the most important thing. And, you know, people have a hard time with me still, especially now the way it is, it's way different where parents will come up to you and ask you like, should my kid go college major junior? And they're just shocked when I say, why wouldn't you go to college? I mean, you're getting an education, you're, you get to live on your own. You're getting, it's just a feel. I mean, that's, that's, that's the way it should be. And I remember being at the world juniors with Mott's and we're hearing college stories. Like these guys actually live by themselves or we're living with families and we got roles. And I mean, yeah. So I still think that, uh, and I'll still say it, Hey, if, if a kid's going to last even a year or two, uh, college is the way to go. I mean, uh, there's, there's a lot more and we all know it. There's a lot more just on the ice. It's, it's off the ice and, uh, we're all immature at that age, but I still think college, uh, gets you more prepared for what's going to happen outside. Yeah. That, that's actually pretty cool. Cause like, you know, you, you were on the other side of it and I'm pretty biased because I experienced it prize bias because you know what we experienced, but well, I don't know. My brother played major junior, so it seemed to worked out for both of yeah. these guys. Yeah. Well, but it, it, you know. it's not that. I mean, and here it, we are sitting in our basements doing a podcast, you know, <laughs> but it was just different. And like, and, and people forget that I didn't go to major junior until I was 17. I was already graduated high school. I didn't have to get off the bus at four in the morning and go to school. I mean, there was a, there was a, there was a plan to it. All right, we're going to do this. Here it is. And it, it was different back then with the draft and, you know, college and all that. But uh, still this day, I mean, uh, it's, I think my fourth or fifth year, it was uh, Scott Niedermeyer was like, you need to get over the fact you didn't play college hockey. Like get over it. <laughs> You're in the NHL. So that that's always bugged me. Uh, that's great. Well, can you take us back a little bit on uh, to growing up in Alaska and Anchorage and, um, you know, we talk a lot about being a multi-sport athlete and, you know, some of the sports that you played, you know, like whether it be just like pickup in the backyard, down the street or, uh, organized. And I know that you're an athlete and like, I know some of these answers that are going to be coming out, but I want our listeners to hear. Well, I thought I was an athlete cause I was the best kid in the neighborhood at everything until I went to junior high and then I got to meet all the other kids. And that's when I understood that. I don't have a career in the NFL. I will not have a career in the NBA and baseball, maybe, but our season was so short, but no, growing up in Alaska was um, a lot of, a lot of people still in the state don't understand. It was so diverse. There was in Anchorage, Alaska, it's a melting pot. It started with the military back in world war II, the earthquake in 64 and then the pipeline. So my North, so growing up in hockey, it was, it was never, um, I don't want to say it was a white man's sport because it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't that where we grew up. It was, Hey, you know, we idolized the sea wolves, the college guys. Um, I got fortunate because um, every school or every park has a rink and it's hard for kids to understand that. So there's ice outside. I grew up on the East side of town and East 20th. It had the best ice in town and everyone didn't understand that. And 
the guy that ran the municipality lived in the neighborhood. So that's why our rink got zammed every day. Cause we've all been out there shoveled. We all, so yeah, I mean, it's hard for kids to realize maybe this, this day and age where we'd be at the rink for five, six hours. And it was just, it, it was never, and maybe that's a, a, a kudos to my parents, but it was never work. It was never pressure. It was, it was, they, you know, and same with you guys, we were, we were different. We were those weirdos. We were those weirdos in, in, in school that, teachers didn't understand. I mean, I had teachers tell my parents, like, your kid is weird. Like, when my parents are like, what's he doing? Is he like, is he taking his pants off in school or what's going on? And my parents, you know, the teachers are like, all this kid talks about is hockey. Yeah. All he, that's all he talks about. Every school project, everything has to relate around hockey. And it wasn't pros, just, hey, it, you know, I wasn't a scholar or anything by needs, but at the end of the day, I mean, you know, pretty good kids. Hey, we learned from hockey. You learn not uh, how to get in trouble. You learn what you know, which kids to hang around with, which kids had goals, which kids, uh, which kids were driven. And that's one thing I think. Skating outside and being with other kids, you really got you really got a you really got a sense for that and a pride for that. Was that like unstructured play, like that you know pickup hockey playing outside? Did you think that that had a big impact on your career? Because that's something. You know, we talk about all the time is there's just way too much structure and pressure to win and kids aren't just going. And and Boston's kind of one of those places where it's difficult because the weather's so crazy. It can be 50 degrees one day and then it's negative 10 the next day and the backyard rinks and stuff aren't as, you know, it, it sure as hell is in Alaska. But I guess that, you know, there's, there's, there's so much structure today. And we talked to Mike Greer about it a while ago and he, and that was one of his things. He's like, there's just way too much structure and, and pressure to win at such a young age. Well, I mean, I don't think there's pressure to win because I don't have kids, but everyone I know that has kids and you guys, it's like everyone gets a, everyone gets a, a ribbon or anything. Like everyone gets, there's no, this guy's in first place, this in second is where as we grew up. That's your motivation. I'm going to be better than that guy. So growing up outside skating all the time, I mean, yeah, hey, sticks get placed, everyone in the middle, throw the sticks out, and it's just games. And, you know, you're playing against – you're a kid. You're you're playing against older kids. You're learning – you know, you're, you're, you're just – what it's providing, you're, the confidence level, you're, you're getting better. So now that I'm playing against high school kids or junior high kids and I'm in elementary and I'm doing better than them on the outside rink, imagine the confidence I have now when I go with the kids that are my age that maybe – you know, hey, maybe some of the kids had more money. Maybe they didn't go out and skate. They had more. Were I think we kind of had that blue collar, like, hey, you you skate outside. This is a, you know, you know what to do when it's minus. You're skating. You people don't realize. That's why I always laugh when um, when people you know, when we watch the NFL or whoever watches it, and they're warming up and guys are cold and the steam's coming out and people are asking like, how cold is it? And it's like those guys are hot right now. Like once you start going, people don't realize it doesn't matter the weather. It's uh, and that's one thing I think Alaska provided was, hey, the ice is right there. There, you know, if you want to go out there, you, you're out there all, all the time. And that's that's how we got better. And, and yeah, that's there's 100 percent why I got better than everyone else is because I spent the majority, you know, out there more than anyone. But it was never practice to me. It was it was same as you guys. It was fun. It fun. Was, yeah. It was, it was, it was, we, we got addicted at, to it at an early age where, you know, it's hard to explain to parents like that, but also right where the rink was, you know, there's ball fields right there where in the summer, we're not even thinking about hockey. 
we're it's home run derby. It's a different ego now. <laughs> Who, uh, you know, there's gay. There's guys playing right field. I ain't playing right field. I'm not shortstop pitcher catcher. That's the. But so we we had that growing up as kids. That it, and I, I played with guys that were great about that with their kids. That there was other sports. You're learning different cultures. You're playing with different kids that maybe couldn't afford hockey, whatever. But you're learning different aspects. You're enjoying the game. It's it's teaching you how to get better. And but now I, I can't say that because now I mean these kids play twelve months a year and I, I I can't relate to that because we all played baseball or whatever it was sorry in the summer or when hockey was coming up it was you were excited you were I couldn't imagine playing all year round where where oh you know this is something we just do where hey we all knew we all knew when hockey was coming around when tryouts or whatever was coming around and that's you know so I mean getting back to like the outside uh, games and whatnot. Um, I know you didn't drop the mittens often, but did you happen to take a, a cuff to the nose or, you know, have to step up and uh, stick up for yourself on the uh, outdoor, outdoor rink? I think, uh, well, no, because I, uh, and this is to all the children, no, I was just that much better than everyone. They ain't, they ain't touching me. <laughs> back in the fashion, we're like, we're wearing tracksuits, like soprano, you know, like you're, 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 you know, either wearing a jersey or whatever, but uh, you did learn smarts. Where you know you did learn to put your shin guards on and your elbow pads, and so all the kids listening to this, those are the two most important things: is your shin guards and your elbow pads. Because you know, being out in the cold, man, it don't matter how good you're playing, you get nicked with that puck on your shin or on your elbow. I mean, it's going to change your game. So uh, I think I learned growing up outside the the smarts of it. Like you know, you might look dumb, and maybe your your knee pads. I shouldn't say shin guards. That's we said knee pads. Uh, or you Boston guys, price, yeah. Where do you play soccer? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I n- never, uh, I remember one time we were outside and there was these famous brothers, there was like four of them that were man, when they were on the ice, it was like, oh god, like you know, they were the they, they were the O'Doyles from uh, yes, from exactly. Billy Madison, <laughs> exactly. The O'Doyles, and um, one time we saw a kid that we had, and his dad was there. And they got in a fight and we're all like, you know, squared up outside. I think the kid was probably about 17. The kid he fought was 14 or 15. And the kid just mopped him up, mopped our buddy up. So first of all, if you're smart, you're like, I ain't doing that. And second of all, though, I'll never forget his dad walked out there, grabbed the kid and was like, it's the last time that'll ever happen. You got it once, but the kid's 17. So fighting wise, it was, no, you had to be, we, we weren't, we weren't the mass hole kind of people where it was, uh, you know, the toughness didn't have to come in until later, but outside of the ice, no, that was, a, you know, the people that got into that stuff, they, they were idiots. Let's put it that way. There you go. And you stayed away. Stayed away. Yeah, I get it. Uh, Gomer, talk, you know, you, you touched on it briefly, but Mots and I talk all the time about the, the importance of playing those other sports, like those, uh, transferable skills. And, you know, like you said, whether it's playing shortstop or being a pitcher or, you know, getting up to bat every day and, and feeling that pressure, like just talk about how important you think that those other skills are. Cause that's something that, that we've really tried to stress about and, 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 and discuss with, with these kids. Cause we feel that like playing hockey 12 months out of the year is completely insane. And that's kind of a big part of what we've, we've, you know, stressed upon on this podcast. Well, I mean, 
I think like also people, parents, I mean, let's be honest, as parents don't understand is that other sports are, uh, it's helping your game out. You're learning different footwork, whether you're playing tennis, basketball, or you know, it's, it's going to relate to the ice. Today's, you know, at the end of the day, I just don't understand how a kid or a parent still likes to go to the rink 12 months out of the year. But the rink was sacred. Like the summertime, and we grew up in a different era where we played outside. Get out, go out. You know, your parents don't have to worry about you. But I think people don't realize that it did provide a lot for us on different – you brought up pressure. You know, do you know what it's like pitching when the bases are loaded and you're the guy – I mean, it's like your dad said, are you going to float one in there? When it's the counts three or two, are you going to fire it in there? Where I think that helps relate to hockey. We're like, this ain't pressure. Pressure was when the bases were loaded. Maybe I came in relief. I don't know why the bases were loaded, but, but, <laughs> yeah. but you know what I'm saying? Like, it was like, wait, I got this. I know this better, but pressure was what I did this summer. Or pressure is when I'm not the best kid, where I have to work harder now because I want to be the best kid, whether it's baseball, basketball, whatever, whether, but it's more work, you're more work ethic. And I always thought that that related to the ice where, Hey, you, there's one thing that it's, it's still work, but, but in, in saying that, like, yeah, I mean, and, and also it provided us, like I said, maybe the neighborhood I grew up in, it, it, it provided us with a different culture. It provided us with the meeting different people, meeting, you know, different guys, races or whatever. Like it just, you got more mature. I, I'm not mature. We were all mature, but you just got to, you got to meet other people where if you're at the rink 12 months a year with the same kids, like what fun is that? Like, I mean, how are you coming in with the story? I mean, you know, you're coming <laughs> at 11 or 12. Hey, guess what this kid did in baseball or something different. And, 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 and Hey, we're biased because that's the way we grew up. But at the same time, there's, you know, we grew up in an era where there was more to hockey, like, and I'm sure you guys got the same, same questions. Like what's the secret? My parents got that all the time. What's the secret? How did he make it? What was the difference where I got fortunate? I didn't have those parents that I had pressure in hockey where it's like my dad always had the best line that it's supposed to happen to the neighbor's kid. Like it ain't supposed to happen to us, but this is, there's no secret. Hey, I had two rules, work hard and enjoy yourself. But there was no, I mean, you meet kids nowadays, like he needs to work on his spin move going to the net. You're like, really? Like stuff like that. I, I just don't understand. Yeah, as far as um, you know, you had some great messages there. Only because the transferable skill sets, you know, taking a break and being passionate to go back to the rink. You know, I think um, I think it was Ray Bork that was the one that you know we interviewed, and he was like, "You want to have that passion, like oh. put the bag away, you know, and do some other stuff." And then it does come around as an athlete when you want to specify into your sport, uh, you know, hockey in particular. What we we're talking about here, but that passion to go back. And like you said, you knew it when it was hockey time, you know, you knew and it builds up and it's so exciting, but you know, the landscape has completely changed since we came through and you still have to stay on the ice enough or whatever, but there's like a bunch of different um, reasons as to why, but that internal drive to be the best you can be is really what you're, you're getting at, you know, like whether it be on the baseball diamond uh, on the uh, outdoor rank, or when you actually have to strap them up on a team and, and be uh, in a structured environment. And and that's kind of like the, the best message you can say. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, the kids nowadays and Ray will be the first to admit, I mean, they're way better than us. 
-hmm. mean, the skills they possess, hey, no question. But it's also trying to explain to someone, well, what made it different? Where that kid, maybe when he got older, you know, he put up better numbers in junior, whatever, whatever it was. Why didn't he make it? Well, the thing I always say to these parents, like, because just like Mott said, I mean, there's a drive that you don't understand that I don't need to be, I don't need to be on the ice 12 months a year. I hey, the gears, the gears, wherever I know when it's time, but now I'm excited where we had kids, you know, we played with guys that went all the camps. They went to all the camps. They did everything to get better. Is that, well, no one understands as a kid and growing up, there's other stuff going on. I mean, girls come into play or this day and age, boys or whatever, you know, it's, 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 it's literally, you had more of a drive because you were excited. You were, and you, it's so hard to explain to parents that way. Like you couldn't wait to get back. Couldn't wait to get back hockey. Oh, your skills are this kid, this kid, um, he might be better because he's on the ice. It's not like we weren't doing street hockey or working our game. It's just, we didn't go to the rink. We needed that break. But when it was time, you bet our guys, our age, Hey, yeah, I was way more excited. You, and not only that, I was way more excited to prove how much better I am than you. And you've been on the ice all summer where I've actually been, you know, I hit a couple home runs this year. I did it. I, you know, my batting average was four, four twenty. How'd you know that? Well, I kept it, but you know, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say challenge. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say 300, but I'm like, wait, that age, you should be hitting 400. But, uh, but yeah, I think, I think that, that, that plays on it. Too bad they're in a study of what it's really like. Cause at the main thing, I think what uh, we grew up with kids and maybe they're all different, but you did see the kid that got burned out because whether it was pressure from his parents, whether he's not improving, whether he's not doing whatever, or when the season started, we were just getting on the ice. Now we're working on stuff. It's, it's exciting to us or I haven't been there all summer working on my backhand. No, I'm going to do that. I'm going to work on my backhand when I'm with four other guys on the ice, not just with some skill core. I mean, they all got him now, but, there's a lot of that that I, I, I like I said, I, I just don't understand it. All right, guys, we want to take a quick break here from the interview with Scott Gomez and talk about TSR Hockey. TSR Hockey, at this point, hopefully everybody's sitting, setting up their backyard rinks with the cold weather we've got here, especially in New England. If you're still in the market, our friends at TSR have three different size rink kits you can choose from. And if you don't need the whole kit, they have individual liners and brackets uh there's nothing worse than when your your line has got a little slit in it or something like that you talk about wasting water uh they also have the bow rec skates the whistler skates and are almost sold out but have plenty of expedition skates for odr uh odr season blog on to tsrhockey.com and uh check those guys out we appreciate it cross-country mortgage if you own a home and haven't looked into refinancing in a while have a quick chat with our friend chris devon and see if it makes sense for you Many people don't understand the impact that a refinance can have on their monthly savings or overall wealth. Devo may be able to help you save on a monthly basis so you can put more money into savings or other projects. Check him out at chrisdevin.com and he and the team at Cross Country can let you know if they can save you some dough. Cross Country Mortgage LLC NMLS number 47305. And now back to Scotty Gomez. Oh, that's great. That's uh, it just, you know, the message throughout, there was so many like just good little points there that, that like I love. And, and the, you see it in kids faces. Like we coach, I coach, you know, teams and there's, there's kids. It's like, 
do they, you question, like, do they even want to be here? You know what I mean? Like, are they, are they that into it? Which to me at a, as a 12 year old, 13 year old, like, it's like, no, this is when this kid should be like, so fired up to come to the rink and excited. And if he's not that into it or like, you know, yeah, he's good, but he's, he's burnt out already. Like, what's it going to be like when you're 18 years old and it really matters. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a great point. And like, I used to, like, I tell parents when they, you know, the greatest thing you can do is, and obviously your work schedule, who knows, you know, but the greatest thing you do is drop your kid off at the rink. You don't have to watch practice. Even when my dad had to watch practice, he's reading the paper. He's not watching, you know, like you had some of those parents that were like, well, yeah, whether you like it or not, it's still pressure on the kid where, you know, as a coach, you guys could, I couldn't even imagine you guys being there and there's like, the same parent that's actually watching what drills you're doing this and that where we got lucky the fact that kids we grew up with yeah we got dropped off we knew when our parents were coming to pick us up but it's the and, 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 hey the coaches can act different i mean back then i mean hey you got to choose someone out or whatever hey you're allowed to where even they could do it when the parent was there but the parents that were there were like now they're concerned where now they saw it where now they want to talk about it, where you're getting in the car with your dad and be like, it depends on you, whether you want to tell him. Yeah, I got, I got yelled at because I was being a punk on the ice, but you didn't say that, but it was just, it was your domain. It was your, it was our sanctuary where a lot of parents don't understand that you got, Hey, this is our, this is on the ice where I don't want mom and dad right there at the glass. It's not it's not fair to the kid, whether he cares or not. The other, the other kids care where I can't slash, I can't slash my model or hit him behind the legs because his dad's in the stand. I don't know if I'm in trouble where he knows he deserves it, where we grew up with, Hey, there are no parents there. It's, it's free game. Here we go. And I think, you know, and I always, I always relate to the parents. Like you don't need to see how good they're doing. Don't be that parent that, you know, what, unless, unless you played. And even then, I mean, and it's hard for parents to hear the level we all got to most of the players we played with, they didn't want their kids to be in hockey because they're it's almost like they're getting brainwashed like they, they think they're better than what they are or you're going to be the parent that tells them well not really instead let them enjoy this this is you know there's so much more to life than just uh just a sport it is it is what it is i mean either you're going to do it or not yeah the old helicopter parent yeah, yeah. so um as far as like that decision I, I just want to uh you know keep keep us moving here but um that decision when you had to make to go to junior. Um, I know that you were extremely uh, interested in Colorado college, right? Well, there was, yeah, there was five schools, B, BU, BC, Michigan, uh, Wisconsin, and Colorado college, but not UNH. Not UNH. <laughs> they were one of those schools you had to act like we we're like, Oh yeah. Well, you know, I haven't seen them in the top 10 since I've been six. <laughs> But they won a national, better than Alaska, though. They won a national championship ever. But but no, our teams, and that's what people don't realize. The reason why we were successful as Alaskans were in 90, I think it was 89, the, the class that came into Alaska was world class. And in saying that, we lost to uh, Lake Superior State uh, twice in the semifinals. And they had Doug Wade, Brian Ralston, Jimmy Dowd. So anyway, but... And we beat BC. I say we because we're still alive. Yeah, you're, you're, well, you're we, part of the team. Yeah, we beat BC. Um, and that was in the first round. Best two out of three. Swept BC. But then later on in life, I think those guys had more of a 
probably more on their mind with some gambling shit than <laughs> gambling stuff. So, but for us to be BC, give you that point. Being a kid that grew up, we're like, hey, that's hockey's powerhouse where the Seabulls beat them. And in saying that, we got to see that for four years, that class that was there. Top of the, I mean, best hockey we could ever see. And all those guys, a lot of those guys, even before that, they stayed in Alaska. Those are the guys that coached us. Those are the guys we got coached from. Where nowadays, I have so many friends that have so much hockey knowledge that could do so much. They don't want to deal with it because of the parents. And how do you get the kid to be a pro? Not saying, wait, junior, you ask. I was supposed to go to the USHL. Uh, they messed up with my rights and everything. And before you knew it, I had to make a decision where the team I was supposed to go to, guy I was supposed to go to Omaha. That's all my dream because all the guys I idolized, Brian Swanson, all those guys, they went there. Anyway, the next best thing is the BC JHL. And the only reason why I went to the to Surrey was because uh, I could go to school in the States. And, you know, you make a lot of jokes with this pre-September 11th, you know, so I crossed the border every day to go to school. You know, me being Latin, you know, people <laughs> like whatever. But also in saying that, my billets and coaches, they grew up with major junior. So they grew up with, you know, it was kind of getting brainwashed in me. It was kind of getting like, Hey, this is, and so when my parents would come visit, which was once, you know, once a year or whatever, it wasn't like, you know, you could, you know, drive from Alaska, but when they came, they kind of got my dad, they took him to a couple of major junior games and they were like, that kid right there is going to make a million dollars next year. And Scott's way better than him. So it was kind of back in the era where if he stays and goes to college, he's got to wait another year for the draft. Who knows what happens? It was just, that's what happened. And I ended up going to uh, Tri-Cities and everyone thought I got paid money. I wish I wish that was the case, but I went to the worst team in the WHL and that was my draft year. And that just shows you how much we didn't know about the WHL because my, my rights were owned by Spokane. They had the Memorial Cup. Ty Jones, Mott's played with him. One of my best friends, he was a first rounder. Things may have been different, but that just proved the point. We didn't know what the hell, I didn't know what Major Junior was. When we grew up, Major Junior was the kids that uh, couldn't do well in school, which I was a C student. I wasn't like, I was an A student, but yeah, college and that, and that's what happened. It just, that's in, and probably the greatest thing about me going to Tri-Cities was I, um, I got hurt. My fourth game in the year, I only played 40 games. It was my draft year. I was rated in the top five, and I went down all the way. And the greatest thing that happened was I got drafted by the Devils. So instead of me being one of those picks that you looked upon to fix the organization right away, I mean, Mots was there. I got put in a situation where I'm with, uh, I'm with the big boys. that We're going for a Stanley Cup, and there's, you know, that's the reason why I, I lasted so long. That's amazing. Was there any like, you know, whether it was in, in juniors or younger, were there any like really impactful coaches that, you know, I know you touched on it briefly, but guys that you can remember that just, you know, kind of got it and just helped you get to to where you ended up and obviously being a draft pick and things like that. Definitely. Uh, when I was 11 years old, my second year of peewees. So the year before it'd be like us playing peewees and we're on a different, we're just two teams, but we're separated. Great competition when we play each other. This, but when teams went outside, 
when we when whoever won the state got to go outside, they'd get smoked. We'd get smoked by the lower 48. That's what we call it, lower 48 teams. We get smoked. So they did it with an older group. They did it with my age group, where they uh, they put the best kids together. They put the best kids together, and we beat every team in Alaska by how many goals, whatever. But what happened was the best competition is practicing together every day. Our coach, Scott McLeod, he gets credit. The reason why there's two coaches basically in Alaska. That get, there were, there were so many, but Scott McLeod, cause he had us since we were like 11 to like we were 16. I left one of the years to go to the better team, but, but he also had me and Ty Jones where a lot of people, and we, we talk with the coach all the time where when you have the two better kids and you can treat them like dirt, guess where the other kids fall in where, cause I remember the first time I ever got yelled at, I got, I forgot what happened. And the coach told my dad and he was like, Hey, um, you know, I had to be hard on Scott. And my dad basically told him like, are you the coach? And he goes, yeah. And my dad goes, don't ever come to me. Yeah. You're his coach. Don't, you know, that, you know, don't ever, don't ever come to me with this BS. Like you're the coach that he's yours when you, when he's yours, when you step in the rink. And so once he, and Ty Jones was the same way. So once we had that mentality, it was, it was pretty easy. Everyone to fall in line where the parents and everything that right there is the reason why when we went outside and we started like our first, uh, we went to this Oshawa tournament and it was the Kingsman tournament. Uh, Gretzky had the record for seven games. He had 45 points, whatever, but we played against the Toronto Marlies. We played against the uh, Red Wings, Toronto Red Wings, little Caesars, um, you guys were never in the picture until we got older because um, they didn't have like the Massachusetts outlaws didn't come in until later, but that gave us a sense. We're like, wait, we belong in here. Like, wow, we're just as good as these guys. Like that was the confidence in Alaska. The greatest thing that we had was we had to play high school hockey. So if us three are on a team after the first grades come out and we go to different high schools, now we're playing against each other, but now we're playing against each other in front of fans where the high school is packed. So now no one knows how good you are. No one understands it because, you know, there'd be your parents at the game, maybe one guy. We had a guy, Corey Flo. He always had a girl there, so we all want to put – but now you're in front of your peers. Now you're playing in high school. The next day at school, when you told someone you are a little different, now – so that was the main thing. And our high school coach was Rob Larkey, and he taught us confidence. He taught us an art, like – you are, you know, you are better than these, like he taught. So yeah, those two guys were really, in, in, you know, there's a reason why, because and it was, I mean, a lot of these kids miss out on, you know, it's one thing to go on the ice, do whatever you want, but who's leading you? Who's actually telling you who's, who's, who's getting on you? You know, who's, who's, I, I look, I, I, you know, I refed as a kid. It was the only job I could have and I'm refing. And I mean, one team's beating the other team 12 to one. They're 12 nothing, and they keep piling it on. And it's like you're going to the coach like, hey, like, stop this. Like, you know, because our rule, when we start beating the team by six or seven, we had to pass the puck four or five times before anyone was allowed to shoot. And if you did shoot before that, you ain't playing on the ice. It was stuff like that. that, that, that that's it. That's how influential those guys were. That's great. Now, as far as Lockheed's uh... – the confidence thing that uh, you know you kind of mentioned, uh, I'd like to bring it to when we got to New Jersey for a pre-World Junior camp, 
and then we went to a New Jersey Devils game. Uh, can you tell us the story about? So we walked out. I'll just I'll kind of like tee up here, but tee it up, Mott. Yeah. So um, we're going over to Finland for the World uh, Junior Championships, but we were in Hackensack, New Jersey, for it was like two weeks or something. Crazy. <laughs> right? Yeah, it was like another training camp. Yeah. Like, Good that, red lobster there, Mott. <laughs> Yeah. No, the Olive Garden. The Olive Garden. Oh, yeah. oh. Red Lobster was right next door. Yeah. So uh anyway, we um go to a, a Devils Rangers game and we walk out to the center uh center ice, you know, like waving and all that stuff and like announce our names or whatever. And um we go back underneath the, the belly of the uh arena. We're in the um in the locker room and Randy McKay came and talked to us afterwards, but during this whole time uh, something happened, and um, you know, it, it kind of like it, it's it, it was just like the precursor to where Scott ended up. So, uh, why don't we? Uh, why don't you tell it from your point of view, Goma? So, like Mott said, we're at the World Juniors. We're there. We're like, God, it seemed like we were there for a week in Hackensack, and people don't realize. Not like you know, New York City's right there. Did you guys go out to New York City and check it out? No, we're at the Rink Hotel. Rink Hotel. Um, they announce our names and team kind of separates i think like five of us the 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 manager team leader whatever comes up to us and says um hey would you guys like to go into lou lamarillo's office and look at a stanley cup ring we have no i didn't know who lou lamarillo was or his is his prestige you know how and so five of us go in there me mots ty jones i wish i could name but i remember mots was there and you know, you stick around the guys you're kind of close with and guys are kind of same personality. And we go in, the, we go into the general manager's room and the board is just, it's got like every, everyone that's ready to play everyone. And then they got a bunch of prospects. They have guys that the list, I mean, there's just, and this is all written down. It's same like, this is before they had the, the, the curses and all that. Yeah. And so we're in there and me and Ty Jones were messing around. We have no clue who Lou Lamarillo is or how scary this guy was going to be in my life. But me, Mox and Jonesy are right there. And they had a list of guys like who's coming next. And I remember I told Ty and Mots, I go, I'm going to put my name in there. And they're like, obviously it's a dare. Like, Oh, you won't do it. And of course yeah, you won't, you won't and guys, because <laughs> I talked a big game. Me and Jonesy are like, I'm just saying it, joking around. And now we're with Mots, and he's at a different level. Like, you won't do it, kid. You won't do it. <laughs> now Mots is calling me out. And I'm like, well, what, what could happen? So I write my name, Gomez, under the you know the prospects that are coming up. And uh, they go afterwards, those team leaders like, does anyone have any questions for Lou Lamarillo? And he knows how scary this guy is. He knows from USA Hockey, his, his, his rep and everything. And I think Mox was like, yeah, he's got a question. And I'm like, yeah, I got a question. And I'm like, why is my name so low on this list? I'm way better than all these guys. And the team leader and everybody, me, Mox, and Jones are <laughs> laughing. And like, but I mean, that is like, if you think about it now, and if I would have known, if I would have known this is Lou Lampo's office or his board, I wouldn't have done it. But that's hanging out. Like I said, I know we're PG mass holes. You're hanging out with a different total chair. Mots is the one that made me do it. <laughs> we didn't even know. And the team leader, he almost, that's had a, unbelievable. he almost had a heart attack. And it's funny because people will be like, you tell that story. And then when I got drafted by the Devils, Lou brought it up. And he's like, I knew this kid. I knew that moment. And I'm just like, 
Mike Motto made me do that. <laughs> so I owe Mots a lot, but yeah, I mean, we didn't know. We were just saying, we were, we, we were that group of kids that, yeah. But if you think about it now, hell no. You ain't touching Lou. You, ain't touching, no, you don't touch anything. You're not even walking in that office. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah we, it, was, it was so prestige for us to take the time because the game was going on. Yeah, it we was. just happened to be a separate group that got like right there. And yeah. And uh, yeah, I'll never forget that. And Lou still brought it up. Like, yeah, that kid, uh, you know, wow, he showed something where he really didn't know that my masshole friend's the one that dared me to do it. He made, <laughs> yeah, he, he made me do it. That's unbelievable. I was going to ask you, like, what was it like? Why? I, I know you guys were roommates at World Juniors. What was it like walking in and meeting Mots for the first time? So, Mots was, uh, I okay. So, we we make the team, and it's like anything, and that's people just. And I don't want to say it because I'd probably not be in that category, but you know, good people find good people. Like it's just the way, or whatever we. We related, and, and when you're on those teams in the national teams, you don't know anyone. But the whole point of it, to get it out of is I hang out, and I was fortunate because Ty Jones always made the teams, and we had the. But the best part about those things is you're meeting other kids. You're hearing how they grew up. I mean, our I think Mott's probably got so sick of us. We didn't know anything about prep school. Like we're hearing, pre- you guys don't live at home, or wow, this is this is incredible. Like, and so we all you get a certain group, and the thing about that year is. We were in camp for like a month, it seemed like. And then the guys that made it, that they thought were going to make the World Junior Team, we went to Finland. We went to Finland uh, for the summer. Uh, not Helsinki. Uh, no, that Perry. was like, uh, like Hamelina. No, not Hamelina. Uh, no, no, but Veramaki. Yeah, so we go there for two weeks. And you, were in the Hocken, you were in the Hockensack of, uh, of, of Finland? Yeah, we were in a, we were in a village. Let's put it that way. And Mott's, me and Mott's room together. And I forgot who else was with us, but I, I couldn't get enough of Mott's. Like I was, a, you know, just just stories. And and the best part was, was I thought Mott's was Italian, the way he looks and everything. And then one time we're all talking about races and this and that, how proud. And Mott's was like, you know, he starts becoming, if you everyone knows Mott's, he, he's Irish. He's Irish. And I'm like, you're you're Irish. He's like, well, what'd you think I was, kid? I'm like, I, I could have, if my life depended on it, I thought you were Italian. I, I spent the last month with you. I didn't know this guy was Irish. Cause like, so we uh, we make the team, and now we play in this tournament. Where we're playing against grown men. <laughs> yeah, we were playing against a lot of German DL teams. Like all the guys that were ex-NHL guys were right. playing against them. And every time, we, you know, we get before the game, we get around the net, you know, let's go USA. And every time there would be this voice that'd be like, and, you know, it was just, it was just like the girliest voice. Cause everyone's, you know, Oh, USA, whatever. And you hear this voice and I'd go to Mott's and I'd be like, did you hear that voice? And Mott's would be like in the room and he'd be like, yeah, what is that kid? What is that? Ah, I keep hearing that. So the whole tournament, everyone's trying to figure out who's doing it. Unless you know it, this just shows you how naive I was. At the end of the tournament, I think we're leaving. We're saying goodbye, and Mots goes to me. He's like, "Go USA!" Like, he just <laughs> he does the voice. I spent the whole two weeks with this guy, but every day I'm like, "Mots, who is it? We gotta find out who this is." And give kudos to Mots. He he kept it in, but I remember saying goodbye, and he says that voice, and I'm like, "That was you." And he's like, "Mots, give us one." So for a, for a, for a while there, we played against each other in the NHL. We line up against each other. And guys must have thought, like, 
what the hell is these? What are these two doing? Because Mats would be like, go to this voice that he did. <laughs> Let's go, USA. <laughs> 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 I can't I can't do justice to it. But I mean you had to be there like you're getting fired up and you're just not you hear this voice like what the hell? And, and of course Mots was my roommate. I'm like, who's doing that voice? Who's I, I, that's doing crazy, this? yeah. It's not yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was stuff like that that and that's the thing that like we could talk about the games, we could talk about those are the things we we get together still this day. And it's just I mean, that's 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 the kind of group of kids we were. We had fun. I mean, you know, but yeah, and it, it, <laughs> <laughs> but, but the best part though like you know rewind it to like he gets drafted in the first round by the new jersey devils for putting his name on a list and you know you know carves out an unbelievable career starting with you know a you know um you know little prospect thing whatever they like, writes his name in there and is willing to like talk you know to lou limarello about it but that the cool part though is you know you were saying like water seeks its own level. That, that's that's how I describe it, right? Yeah. And, and hockey. Well, Mott's always got a different thing where, like I said, we have. What does that mean? He's like, well, kid, it means the same thing. And then yeah, you go. You know, it was just a different a different language that he always had. But, but another best... thing Mott's taught me, and it's one of my favorite, and I learned it. I learned it, and I did it the rest of my career, and it's still a story. Obviously, I can tell a lot of stories, but it's still one of the best is me and Mots are playing against, he's with the Rangers, <laughs> I'm playing against the Devils. And we're there. And, a, and those games used to be, you know, Devils, Rangers, here we go. And me and Mott, I mean, and, you know, I think people don't understand how great a hockey player Mike Motto was. Like, and then when I heard his story, and we'll get into that in a second if we have time, but so me and Mots are across the ice and a scrum happens. And I'm just sitting there like, six gloves o'clock. are off. Gloves are off and, you know, whatever. You're sitting there waiting, whatever. And Mots grabs me and the most best line I ever heard in the NHL, he goes, hey, kid, let's make this look good. And I got it right away. So you think me and Mots, you know, he could beat me up in a second on and off the ice, but we are hitting each other, but we're like pulling hair. We're we're making it because we're right in front of fans and fans make are just – Make it look good. Crazy. Make it look good, kid. Like, we're doing good, kid. Keep making it look good. Keep making it so – the ref comes over, Kerry Frazier comes over and is like, you two, knock it off. And me and Mots look at the ref, we're like, we're just joking. He's like, okay, never mind. But, <laughs> but for us to give back to the fans that actually thought we were, and I'll never forget that line. I used it so many times after when you grabbed a friend, like, hey, let's make it look good. And yeah, if you got it. it, you got it. And when some some guys, sorry, where you grabbed them, like, let's make it look good. They're like, what's that mean? It's like, well, yeah, I can teach you whatever. now. But yeah, yeah, me and Mots went at it at the garden. But yeah, I mean, oh, right behind the net. Yeah, yeah, behind we, the net. We, we, we gotta pull some footage. We'll, yeah. we'll, 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 there might be like a VHS out there somewhere. Gotta be. There's gotta be. It's only a fight tape. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that but was t- the great thing about Mots was like, he was, you know, I, I made it a little earlier, but you know, I think Mots it improves because after we became close friends and and obviously, you know, I had some heart to hearts, and I, I was like. I was like, dude, you were nasty, meaning great, all through college. He's like, he told me, he goes, hey, I didn't get it offered here. I was, no offense, I think New Hampshire was the only school that offered him. And he's like, I'm going to go to DC. <laughs> Besides Doug Flutie, he's the most. But it was so cool to see that the Hobie Baker winner was my roommate, that not only the best college hockey player is he proved, and after hearing it, it was like he wasn't even on the map. And by the time he left, 
yeah, I mean, he was, he was one of those guys, like we were in Florida together and at the end and we're on the ice and basically they're telling us, we're basically trying out and they're like, basically they're telling Mots, grab the puck and just throw it out. And I'm on like the fourth line. And I, I remember we're on a, we're on the ice in Florida preseason game and no one, you know, cause Mots was a team guy and I turned around and I mother effed Mots and I was like, Hey, you know, and we kind of like, we needed both each other. Like we can do this. Like, I know you don't, that's that guy throws it out. My boy, Mike Motto, the Hobie Baker winner. I grew up call He don't throw it out, make this pass. And we, we, one of our greatest years, we, uh, we reconnected, let's say, cause we, we basically lived together in Florida. It was in the worst hockey year of my life was probably the greatest because I got reconnected with Mike Motto and Scott Clemenson. And it just shows you there's more to, there's more than just hockey. Cause you got to keep saying you got, and yeah, we, uh, you know, I owe a lot to Mots. He kept me going. I thought I was done after that year. Ended up playing, you know, three or four more, but you know, Mots was, uh, you know, he, he's too humble, but until you meet the BC guys, it's, Doug Flutie, Mike Motto. So yeah, this interview is about you, brother. Yeah, I know. Hey, you get viewers. I mean, all these Boston people are like, "What's this? Who, who's this Mexican guy?" They don't know. <laughs> no, but, that, that, that's I appreciate the uh, you know the, the the feeling goes both ways. But like we had uh, a great like say stretch there, you know, facing adversity. You know, like you you we want to get into your. Um, you know, a career and all this, but you know, in the recap, it's you know, the you know, the call their uh winner as the rookie of the year, you win a couple Stanley Cups, you have great success, all star teams, and you're facing that adversity and you've pushed through it. And this is one of the things that I always was so proud of you for. You pushed through it because you didn't just like quit, right? You didn't quit, and then you move on and play those couple extra years, three years that you are talking about. But you you played a thousand games, and I remember just taking the train down, and you know just being a fan of a friend. You know you started the game, and it's you know is in MSG, you know, against the Rangers. Um, you know playing for the Devils. And I remember recording it, and I'm just like I'm just so proud of a friend. But it's just a testament to you. Like you had great success, but yet it would have been easy to just kind of pack it in, but. That's going back to what Carlos, your dad said. You just don't do that, even though it was about the skates. There was a message behind it. But I wish, I wish I could take credit that I still had that. But people don't understand. Me and Mats are basically living together. We're the worst part of our day was being at the rink, and but afterwards we'd go golf. We we, we just we hung out. We were, and I do remember you and Steve Valaket were the two guys that I literally was like, you know, hey, all right, if this is it, this is it. I can't do this. And you and Valley were basically, Gomer, you're so close to a 1,000 games. You don't get it. you got to play in the league. Like, you have to do this, whatever. It gave me – and that night, I'll never forget, I, and Mats knows me and Mats is the same. I didn't make it uh, – you know, I was more embarrassed. I was more, I was more scared that maybe I'm going to get booed. Cause I'm playing, you know, I came back to Jersey. I don't know, you know, now they're going to, whatever. But I do remember afterwards where I saw the people that were there and I never forget this bottom of my heart. Mike Motto was there. He took the train down. He came down and it was like, I mean, I almost started, I think it, I, I, I had tears 
I was no, crying. they're fake tears. You, you said yeah. you're fake crying. Yeah, I was crying. I was crying with Mots, and people didn't understand that because I, I was going around. I didn't know Mots was in the corner, and then I see Mots. I break down because, at the same time, there's a reason why I did it. I could have easily, but Mots was in my ear all the time. You got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. And the only thing I could give back, you know, great friends, always be there for each other. But when Mike Motto got his jersey retired at BC, Mots didn't even tell us. I think it was Caulfield or someone called and like, hey, or someone got it. Maybe it was Courtney. Someone got a hold of us. We're I don't care what was on the schedule. Not that we have schedules, but I don't care. And me and Kristen Mayo, that was, hey, we are down there. And for me to pay Mots back, where he didn't know, I didn't, I didn't even think we, t- we told him we were coming. And then just for us to like, I mean, we had a great night that night, but, but just <laughs> for that moment, it was like, it was payback. And, and, and at the end of the day, whether you played whatever, but like I remember telling Mots, you know, whoever comes in this building forever, can't you know they're not going to be able to say the name i mean unless you unless you're not good at spelling but I'm like, we're always going to see number three right number three or six number three yeah number three and i was like and then the best part about it being there because i knew i knew how special this guy was like and how but the best part was was our buddy he's like 10 years younger than us and he idolizes mots we got to hear stories about mike model how the bc left because he's too humble it was that was one of the greatest nights I could ever repay. And not that it mattered. I had to be there or not, but that was one thing. I didn't care what was on there. No, I can't. I'm going to Boston that night. I mean, we're gonna go see my uh see my boy because he did that. He did that for me. And he showed me and Mats is, you know, he's a he's a sentimental guy. No one knows this, but he took me in the corner and he showed me the video that, you know, and I and I'm not like that guy. I'm really not. I like it, it, I'm more embarrassed. But because Mots did that, that's when I just started crying. I was like, man, you know, and we did have a fun night that night after the tears. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. amazing. But I think that, you know, one of these, one of the things that I always stress to the kids I coach and stuff is like the friendships and the memories and, and things like that, that you're going to make. And a, a lot of people like, and you've touched on it so much have been the message is like, oh, I want my kid to get a scholarship. I want my kid to play division one hockey. It's like, no, no, no. You want to gain this life experience and have, these lifelong friendships that you know you guys created that you've had you know you like i just when i when i think of you i think of jay pandolfo as well like another guy like boston guy and it's like you know if you didn't play hockey and and your father didn't you know make you go back on that ice like you wouldn't have those those friendships and i think it's just so important like these you know myself and, and ryan whitney and guys like that that i grew up playing youth hockey with that like that's what it's all about to to me like forget about you know, if a guy plays in the NHL or, or, or anything like that. It was, it was more like, uh, it was our sanctuary and we all know the day. Cause not that we're talking about Mox, but I'll, 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 this is, this is important was I remember when Ken Danico retired and he goes, you know, the worst part about a kid is, and he held up a key, a fake key. And he goes, I got to turn that in. I got to turn that in. And he goes, it'll never be the same. And you're like, what are you talking, you know, until you go through that. These are guys that we all grew up with that know the pressure we're all going through. This is where we're kids, too. This ain't just the NHL, whatever level. It's an everyday grind. It's a pressure. It's performing. It's But we're all going through the same thing. And once it's done, you're not hanging out with those people every day. Where now you're going, you know, 
you're going with other people that can't relate to you. And that's, hey, that's part of life. That's, but it is special. Like you guys asked me, like, would I come on this? It's like, hey, when do I get to talk to you guys? Or when do I get to hang out? I mean, and I'll never forget, we were going to paintball. You know, we're a last place team, but now we're going to have a team event to go to paintball. And guys are excited. And we're like, whatever. And Moss just got, uh, he got sent down. And I found out, bang, I'm done with paintball. I go see Mots. He's in the parking lot in his car. And he's just, you know, I said, hey, what's up? And he goes, I just need a moment. And I said, take it, whatever. And five minutes later, he's like, hey, let's go meet up here. And we had a couple of other buddies and we met up. And, I, you know, I just, just didn't get it. I was like, hey, you know, whatever. And he goes, I don't know if I'll ever be back or whatever, but I basically had to turn my key in. And that hit where, like, wow, like, it is true. Like, I can relate more with hockey players, with people that played sport, different sports, where, where it wasn't robotic. It was, it was, there was, hey, the best guys that can relate are people I grew up with. There's not people that, even if I went to school with you since 12 years, you don't know what it's like when I'm, you know, on a, I had plus, or I was minus five that game or, or this, you, we had that relationship. And that's the thing you try to tell these parents is whether you make it or not, even still to this day, I see guys I grew up with playing hockey with, we meet up. It's still, guess what the story is? The stories are, we're still 14 year old kids. We're still this age. We're still, you don't have that with many friends. And that's what the game provides. You get to me. I don't, I don't get to hang out in Boston. I don't get to, you know, I don't, it, it's the same thing with, uh, you know, it's the same thing when you're dating a girl, she's like, Oh my God, what do you mean? I mean, this is love or whatever. I'm like, I, I met you because of hockey. You know that. Whether it's not, oh, we were, well, no, if I was a gym teacher back in Alaska, how the hell am I meeting you? I'm not, <laughs> well, yeah, the game provided. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what the game provided. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's, there's so much for life that I don't know what to say. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, I know you ain't using me, I ain't using you, but how the hell am I going to meet you if it weren't for hockey? Well, yeah. <laughs> so good. That's so good. That's so true. Uh, Right? It's true. And, and, yeah. and it's hard for people to understand that where it's like, it's like when you retire and the first thing like Pando, Jay Pando and then the, told me, they're like, dude, you're going to go to a dinner and you're going to be around a lot of people. And the jokes you used to tell that got a bunch of laughs and everyone got you it. You can't tell, you tell that joke and everyone at the table's like, realize like, oh man, I'm, I'm in a different world. Like that was a, I just teed that up. What? Yeah. <laughs> uh. But as you know, kind of to the point, it's a um, you know such a wonderful sport to like cultivate good relationships from you know youth level all the way through, and and that's you know I've been fortunate to meet so many great people, and obviously you're one of the top guys, and I'm so happy that you're able to come on because I knew you know we'd just be you know talking garbage, (laughs) but you know but you have such like a great hockey mind and you have good great perspective. I'm saying, but like I'm. I mean, I was just happy that you're able to to, to hop no, on. I mean, you know, the thing is, is like, you know, you guys. What what Matt's told me right away is like, hey, uh, this is more of this kind. Of, it's more, and it can adapt to anything. That's what the game taught us. I'm not going to come out here and tell you guys where, but if this is for the parents, it's like, hey, this is, you know, it doesn't. We, don't ask us if you don't want to hear it. But at the same time, we still were that age. We right. still there's nothing like getting chewed out by the coach. There's nothing like that. That's that's a life lesson. That's 
that's where today and age you can't do that or and that's fine that's fine but don't put us in a situation or where don't ask us the question we don't want to hear the answer and that's the problem that's the problem with parents these days and like i said they you know they they'll ask me to talk at u.s camps or whatever and it's like hey i'm gonna say the truth because why this is the way this is the way we grew up i go on your guys's podcast i mean if you're watching this it's like man you can tell those guys are those guys are buddies those guys are you know there, there's there's a genuine love for that and and we all say that's that's what the game no matter what sport it was we got to meet that's that's what it provides and look at us we're, we're in our 40s now i mean we we die to go back and do what we did but this is what we got and hey we know a lot of guys that don't have this right they don't have the brotherhood that that hockey or any any sport had provided and i think that's important as we as we get older and stuff oh absolutely gomer i want to touch on two two final things and we've taken enough time but you no, getting no. you you getting back uh and like how did you you know because we we're gonna have to talk about your your playing career another time and which we'll obviously will do but the you coming back and coaching and and like relating to the to the guys like how did you you did you know two years with the islanders like how did how did you like that i liked it i mean it was you're back but you know there's it's back to the weird. back to the grind right still on the, the low totem pole and i think maybe the difference where it's like anything and i think me and Mots have always talked about it, right? I had my time. I'm done. There's no, uh, you know, I don't want credit. I'm good. I, you know, I, I you know, maybe at a bar or something, give me some credit if I tell a story. But when it comes <laughs> give to me, a, give me a laugh. Yeah. When it comes on the night, well, I, I can get that no matter what. That's, <laughs> I, don't need, I don't need help from you guys for that. But, <laughs> but, uh, but going back, and I talked to Mots, I mean, he was almost like a therapist where, you know, it's it's not about us. It's about what's the object. It's to make these guys better. It's not coming from me. I don't need the credit. If I helped you out, I don't need to you you know you tell me whatever. That's the thing. And the whole point was, it is different. You're not. Hey, that's your guys's room. That's your sanctuary. But what the only thing I can provide is, this is what happens. This is to help you out. This is. I don't need video. I don't need a hundred hours of video. I I just control you on the ice. And that's that was the coolest thing. Was like, hey, your body angle, your angle's right here. Think about this. I can't, you know, I can easily show you on video, but now we're on the ice. Think of that. A guy's going to roll off this way. But if you stand this way, now you're trapped. Or why don't you just go this way? Now you're back. You can, so it's like little stuff like that that I learned. Everything. And, and the thing was, it was everything I learned, I'm giving you back to you. I didn't come up with this. This is coming from guys that, you know, like Adam Oates. Yeah. And I thought that was the coolest thing was like, to give back and, and, and uh, whether you listen or not, Hey, and the whole point is we all got motivated. We all got motivated by something different. And don't forget, Claude Lemieux taught me the best teams that win. Are, there's not 20 choir boys in there. Everyone's different. That's why I had success with the devils. Mots knows my personality since kids. I've never changed. Hey, I can't sit there in the room and think of hockey. I can do whatever. But when we step on that ice, yeah, I'm just a, hey, I'll, you know, quote unquote, I'll kill anything to go, you know, make myself successful. But at the same time, to be back and realize that there are, everyone's different. It's like the greatest leaders, the greatest, you know, school teachers. One of my greatest uh, mentors was my, my, my English teacher. I can't even speak the language, but he saw something he kept on, like, you want to work for them. You want, but we're all different. We all get ready different. And I think as coaching, I think even coaches, you guys, what motivates a kid? And when you get to that level, is it money? Is it women? Is it whatever? You, hey, that's our job to find out. 
because at the end of the day, as long as you can say if a kid, if a guy's making two million dollars, my job, hey, I want to make, I want you to make four. I'm not here for you know to keep you right here in the, you know, we need for the salary cap. No, as long as you know that my job is, you know, I want to, I want you to make this, because why? That means you're getting better at hockey. That's the whole point. I think a lot of people get away from that, where you know, it, and for someone to come back and say that, hey, you helped me out, you did that, you you said this to me, hey, because we all had that, and it's just paying your back. Yeah, I think that's important, you know, and you did it at the highest level. That's, but that's what we try to do at the youth level, and yeah. you try to get the most out of every kid and give them as much as they can process. But some kids take to it better than others. But and that's uh, like in school. It's like in school. Like I mean, being a teacher, you know, right? Yeah, like I mean, okay. Like I remember one time the gym teacher was going to give me a B, and I'm like, <laughs> well, are you a backyard loser in gym? No, class? no, no. It's because I forgot to like change oh. twice whatever and i got marked off and hey man i gotta go home to carlos gomez where i know i gotta have an a and gym just because it evens out because right. my clients i'm getting a low c and it's not, i remember telling the teacher i'm like hey no i'm like miss Duffett, i will i will i will never ever not change again whatever but i'm like hey you gotta give me something this is the one class that i get to be the guy because the rest of the classes, I'm no guy that I ain't asking a question. I does that. Where, yeah. So, and she understood that. She's like, "You're right." And I'm like, "Hey, I ain't, I'm not a bad kid. I'm not doing this and that." But hey, she understood. She saw it in me. I, hey, I promise you now, I will not. I get it now. But come on. And for <laughs> my comments level, how I be? You know, what are you talking about? I get picked first every time. Like, what, you know, I'm gonna be <laughs> math and science. I'm getting picked last. Jim, I, you know, and Jim, we only get so long. I think after sophomore year, Jim's done. Yeah, that's so great. Uh, one quick story that I, I would like to share was, uh, you know, he, he talked about coming up for the uh, the ceremony and the, uh, whatnot, but he came up with the, the same crew for a charity cross ice game. <laughs> so it was a tournament. It was at uh, at Bavis. It was lockout year. And, uh, you know, I, I, I had just got my um, skate shop and I, like I, I shopped him. Ter- I, he, I shopping his skates like awful. And then he had to get him shopping again. No, but- no, no, no. The story is, my, hey, kid. Hey, kid. Why don't you come up to Boston? This and that. You know, we got it. And it was a great cause. Great people. Yeah. Cup for Cody. So I'm like. I remember that. Yeah. One, of my, one of my boys that I'm like. And I think I was retired. I think I just retired. I said, um, Mots, like, I don't want to go. Or like, yeah, I'll do it for you, but do I got to play? And Mots goes, yeah, you know, we need you to play. It's not, kid, you know, if you score seven goals in the game, who cares? No one's going to care. So I'm thinking that. I'm like, oh. So a couple of our buddies, the crew comes up. This guy told me he was great at hockey. The guy can't <laughs> even skate. But so now we're out the night before at Cruz's house. A couple of Chardonnays kids have been mixed in and now I got all these Boston guys and the bet is like the guy that can't play hockey guarantee he'll have a hat trick tomorrow. And the guy's like, how am I going to do that? I'm like, dude, I'm going to skate it up. I'm just going to lay it up to you. You're going to score. It's easy. Moss didn't tell me that like it was actually legit hockey players there. Like We didn't even make it out of the first round. (laughs) So I don't know how much the money was where I'm like this and that. Where I had to like explain right away to the guys I bet I'm like, hey, he lied. Like I thought I was, gonna, I thought I was gonna have the puck the whole time. There was actually hockey players there, yeah. And that's a, yeah. But Drake, but the, 
but months, another... I was I was running Bavis at the time. I, I, re- I remember. That. Yeah, I so was running Bavis. We I remember another st- a part of that story, Gomer. Uh, someone that I put on your team uh, won't be named, but uh, he was beaver tailing and you know, like looking for the puck from you. Oh, he was. Oh, and and Gomer Gomer's line was, "Hey, kid, I got over seven hundred of these in the league." Oh. Just go no, to the net because, and put your stick down. <laughs> the only thing, and I do get bugged by it, and I was like that as a kid. And I learned that from Dean Larson, the best. Where when you get, and this is for all the kids out there, and I still explain it. Do not be the guy that's hey 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 I'm open, hey, hey I'm open, right? So at this stage of my life, I did have about 500 of them, where I had to go to the guy and I'm like, hey, who's hey? He's like, look at me. And I'm like, is there a guy named out here? Hey, like, quit. He's like, hey hey. hey. You know, hey, and I had to tell him, I'm like, go for the puck. Just stand there. I'll get you the puck. But <laughs> no matter what level you're at, don't be the guy. Hey, unless you're Brett Hall, then yeah, I mean, they're, give him the puck. But yeah, Moxon. But that just shows you it was a uh, it was a great weekend, and you could talk smack to the guys. But yeah, I don't know who was Hay was. But another <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh, that's unbelievable. I I was playing in a in a like a shinny pickup game, or whatever, and the guy started wooing at me. He's like, woo woo woo, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got to get the guy. Yeah. I'm like, dude, like you can't even hate. Like, like the same same thing. I'm like, at at that level, I wasn't no, you, but I, I could I could do a couple things. And I'm like, dude, you woo at me again. I'm shooting this puck literally at your face. Like, <laughs> well, enough. I mean, if like, you're open, if you're open, you go to the net. I'm gonna give it to you. All right, I'm gonna make the right play here. I don't need you. It's usually the guy that says hey or whoa or whatever language he's speaking. There's a reason why you're open. Yeah, right. no one's giving you the puck because <laughs> when you give you the puck, you ain't doing anything with it. Like you're the guy when you step out there, you're like, oh man, Mots is out here with me. God, you know, here he is. Like, yeah, especially when the game gets down the line. Like, yeah, we don't need you. We don't need you, but <laughs> yeah, there is uh, a reason why phenomenal. you're open, dude. Yeah, so good. That's phenomenal. What about the? Uh, I know you're out in Vegas right now. You're going to be playing in the in the Chicklets Cup, which you had no idea. But you're you're working with the Elevate O2 guys and Tori Mitchell and Swaggy P and all those guys. But if you want to give them a little plug, and and I know you're involved in the business. Yeah, no, I uh, I was doing those uh, videos when you know, Uncle Scott's house, whatever, and uh, I went yeah. down there to Vermont and I saw it. And uh, it's funny because actually, you know, the small rink, small rink concept. Got to meet Tori Mitchell, got in, and you know, uh, basically, basically invested in it, came uh, you know part of it. But me and Jay Pandolfo, the year I signed with the Rangers, we we started some little rinks that it probably was ahead of its time. But the microwave, yeah, that's the game. I mean, we all grew up in the same era where Olympic ice. We thought that's where you know where the game is tight areas. The game is tight areas. So when I saw this concept, I was like, definitely. This man, this can work, and it also gives uh, it gives more people opportunity to get ice time, whether it's one kid or not. I mean, and you're learning. And at the end of the day, Mots knows that, unless depending on what time of night it is, if it's a good idea, and I believe in it, 100. And that was something that Elevato Two was like, okay, I get this. This is what the game is. Hey, if a kid's going out there and he's getting something out of it, 100. I'll back. I'll put my name in it. And then I find out that uh, being part of you know part of the company. Um, I guess I have to go to some roller hockey thing. <laughs> so I, I got a pair of roller blades that I actually, I don't know why I got, but I have. And next thing you know, I'm here in Vegas to do a hockey game where I thought it was a joke. And I, I didn't even know the all-star game was here this week. And so now spitting chicklets, I mean, you know, 
just like you guys, we all, it's part of the hockey community. You support one another. But uh, uh, before we even got on this thing, I was talking to Mots and I'm like, I'm already trying to think of an injury. I can say that because uh, I don't know where my rollerblade skills are at. And, you know, I'm, and we all get to the stage where, you know, I'm more worried about getting hurt. And we, we used to always hear the older guys tell us that. And we're like, yeah, whatever. And we're finally there, boys. And we know that. Unless you're Mots, we're, you know, he's still an animal, but I didn't have that. We're, you know, so hopefully get out of it clean. But uh, yeah, it's a good cause. And uh, like I said, anything to, uh, anything to help you guys or any of you guys out, that's, that's, uh, that's what it's all about. That's so great. Yeah. And you're in Vegas. So enjoy yourself. And uh, we really appreciate you coming on, my man. You know, it's obviously, obviously, you know, great to catch up. But, you know, we could have went through your career, but uh, at the end of the day, some of the stuff that you mentioned, uh, you know, just like personal experience and kind of like your perspective on, you know, how things are uh, with parents, kids, and like, you know, everything in the game that has brought you from a youth level to, you know, all the way being an NHL all-star, a uh, thousand games. Here's here's kudos to you guys' show. It's, you know, we go, we do a lot of these, not taking it, whatever. And at the end of the day, it's already been said, done. I can sit here, to, but for you guys to, you know, to wake, I mean, let's face it, if it just wakes a parent up or if it gets one, that's the whole point. And, and you know, I could talk to you guys for three hours, but at the same time, the thing you guys are doing, it's, it's more, it's more down home. This is what really is going to happen. Like, like I said, you can hear about a guy's career and we can talk about that. That's no fun. We actually talking about, you guys are talking about, Hey, this was our examples. This is what it was like when we were kids. And I think that's why coming on this was, it was so easy because, uh, you know, that's at the end of the day, that's what people want to hear is, is our experiences. I mean, cause everyone, Hey, we have the same, we all have the same stories about our career, this and that, but what was it really like when we were kids? What were you like? And I think that's what you guys are doing a great job. Oh, we thank you. And, and Gomer, just like what, you know, Mott said, this was uh this is a treat. Obviously we've, we've heard your stories before, but this is, it was phenomenal. We can't thank you enough. Enjoy, enjoy Vegas. We wish you were, uh, we wish we were there with you, man. We'd have some, some serious hot stoves and, no, late I'm glad you guys ain't here because uh, like, <laughs> yeah, let's put it that way. I don't know. Uh, it's you know it's harder getting the games at ten tomorrow. So that's uh, <laughs> yeah. you guys were here. I mean, oh geez. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're not light on the tab either. No, oh no, oh no. <laughs> and uh, the only thing I did learn, and I still, um, it's very important because I saw it in Florida, where I do know how to pour a Guinness. There we go. You know how to when someone's not pouring it. Uh, it's such. Mike, Mike Motto taught me in Florida, and at first the bartender thought he was being rude, and by the time we left, she was like, "I can't thank you enough because after she, he taught her, she was giving compliments." And then what's the bar in Boston that uh, Mr. Dooley's? Mr. Dooley's. Yeah. And then you realize so now when you know it's almost when you uh, when you order a Guinness, I'm a judgmental guy because. One of my close friends is, uh, I know exactly how it's supposed to be poured. And, uh, well, I'll take wait. pride in it. You know, you just, you just go to the barkeep and take pride. Hey, ma- hey, make it look good. Make it look good. I oh, know, but in a Guinness, you don't make it look good with Mott's because it's, I know exactly what it's so good. Like, <laughs> yeah. you got to put some love into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing should be flowing down or up. I don't know what it's, but yeah. That's Cascading. Cascading. Yep, exactly. Uh. <laughs> Uh, uh, all right, so. my man. Well, we won't hold you any longer, but I uh, love you, brother, and uh, enjoy Vegas. And thanks again, bud. All right, man. Love you too, bud. See you guys. Thanks, Gomer. <laughs>
That interview was brought to you by Franklin Street Hockey, the official ball and street hockey partner of the National Hockey League. Head to franklinsports.com and stock up on NHL fan gear for the NHL game this weekend. We also have some exciting news to be on the lookout for this February 9th, which is Wednesday. We are teaming up with our friends at Franklin for a special giveaway. Be sure to follow both of us on Instagram at the rank shrinks and at Franklin Street Hockey for your chance to enter and win. For over 28 years, the Kelleher Corbett Group has been a trusted advisor to individuals, families, businesses, and nonprofit organizations. They provide clients with the scope, scale, and oversight of a global financial services firm, coupled with the independence, objectivity, and service capabilities of a boutique advisory and consulting firm. Give them a call at 781-681-4949 or visit their website at morganstanley.com slash the Kelleher Corbett Group. Mott's hilarious story that I, I found out from um, my brother over the weekend. So Jack Corbett, who obviously we appreciate, you know, him and the team at Kelleher, Kelleher Corbett, uh, obviously Keith's been with them from the, from the get-go of his career. But he had a driver when he was in Phoenix that his name was Jack. And also he had Jack Corbett. So there was, you know, two Jacks in his phone. And he texted Jack and uh, the driver and was like, hey, you know, just a heads up, Kristen's coming in tonight at, you know, nine o'clock, like during the game. So, you know, would you mind picking her up, bring her to the rank and yada, yada, yada. So um, Jack, you know, who he thinks is his driver, texts him back like, yeah, no problem. And uh, so Keith's playing in the game. He's getting texts from from Jack Corbett, and he's like, "Hey, I'm at Logan. Like, where's Kristen?" <laughs> so Keith gets his phone afterwards, <laughs> and meanwhile, he's getting phone calls from you know texts from Chris, like, "Hey, Jack's not here, so she's at the airport in in Phoenix." <laughs> and Jack Corbett, who you know, talk about a guy that you can trust with your money. The guys, you know, he he, he thinks Keith's his errand boy going to pick him up at his wife up at the airport. And so he's waiting outside Logan. She's waiting at the airport in Phoenix. And, you know, the, the wrong Jack was texted, but just a, a hilarious story. But talk about, like I said, somebody you can you, you can count on and we'll, we'll go above and beyond for you. That's for sure. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. You know, it's, you know, that's uh, the person that Jack Corbett is. He's a, a quality individual, like you said, trusted individual and, uh, you know, if you, you need any financial services, uh, please give them a call. Absolutely. Uh, Mott, so you had some big news here, obviously. What, what do you, what's your take on, you know, TB12 officially retiring from uh, the National Football League? I mean, talk, I'll start first. I mean, talk about our life. I mean, what was it, 22 years? So, I mean, God, I was in high school at the time when they won their first Super Bowl, and, and we've been pretty spoiled here. It was amazing to see the the hate of him not saying anything about the Boston fans online and yada, yada, yada. It's like this guy has spoiled us and given us so much through our life. Like, you know, I remember going to the old Foxborough stadium and sitting on those nasty uh, cold bleaches and uh, like when they stunk and, you know, we had just, you know, we had 20 years of just absolute greatness with this guy. Yeah. And, and you watch some of the, uh, 
you know the documentaries out there the man in the arena you know if if you've seen it um it's pretty cool it documents kind of from behind the scenes a little uh, retrospective to you know what he was experienced through his journey um you know the brady six um, yeah that was unbelievable i gotta watch the arena one but the the brady six was unbelievable in my opinion i mean he he knows what he's doing to to omit the Patriots and you know the the you know the organization. It's it's a calculated move and like he he knows what he's doing. So to get upset over it as a fan, you know, it's like whatever because exactly what you said. The, we were, we've been spoiled for you know 20, 20 years, right? It was it was an unbelievable run. Just like the way he he conducted himself as a leader and and just making sure that you know everyone was held accountable so like you can take everything from you know you know how he ran himself you know ran the guys you know in the huddle to how he conducted himself off the field and that, that's why i'm saying like this you know press conference it was no it, it wasn't like a uh omission by you know whoops it, right, he knows what right. he's doing. so anyway but but beyond that um you know we i would personally like to thank tom brady for being able to puff my chest out, whatever city I was in uh, playing, you know, the Patriots were, you know, a team that, you know, everyone hated because they were so good. And it was like a model. They hate us because they ain't us. Except for when the Giants beat us oh. in the Super Bowl. I'm down in New Jersey at, at Brodeur's house. Me and Pando snuck away to his like movie room. And it was just a tough, tough walk down those stairs because people are just like waiting for us, like pretty much like throwing beers at us. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story, though. Oh, gosh. But yeah, so thanks, TB. And, um, you know, good luck with retirement and uh, being a hockey dad. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully he's probably listening. So he appreciates, you know, I'm, 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 you know, he is a hockey dad. So hopefully we, uh, he hears us thanking him. And I just hope. You know, he he kind of mixes in a couple mozzarella sticks and some slices of pizza and things like that now and gets off the TB12 diet. I'd like to see him blow up a little bit, you know. Yeah, a little dad bod by July. Yeah, July. God. Man. I mean, April. By, yeah, I was going to say, like, time to just, just get well, after it. <laughs> you know, like, stop burying some combos instead of your avocados. Oh I, 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 yeah. I'm feeling it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. We didn't really recap which, uh, you know, the the Scotty Gomez interview. Like, uh, you know, I just want to talk about it before we go. But, like, this guy's career, I mean, he was on the Olympic team in 2006. He was a first-round draft pick in, in um, you know, for New Jersey in 1998. He won the Rookie of the Year in, uh, what year was that, 99-2000. Uh, you know, over a thousand games, 756 points, 149 playoff games with another hundred points, two Stanley Cups. Uh, I mean, and just like uh, one of those interviews that would, you know, you, you tee him up with one question and he just can just run with it, obviously. And that's why we really didn't get into his career. But for people that don't know him, um, I mean, just a great like, you know, you can you can speak to this mormons but just a humble person and like we he didn't even talk about any of that stuff which is just amazing to me yeah i've known him uh it's kind of neat because the first experience i had you know with him was i was 17 he was 16 
and we played against one another, like the national teams, and like, who is this knock kneed, pigeon toed, slippery, you know, guy? Like, I you couldn't hit him, you know, and he's just yeah, like a like a early Johnny Hockey. Yeah, but he wasn't like the puck wasn't moving, but he's like doing this, and he did it in the NHL. Like they would before, like the real drop pass and all the stuff, but he would carry the puck through neutral zone into the offensive zone with possession. It was amazing. So, but anyway, his skill set and his hockey IQ and his passing ability and his compete were amazing. But um, as far as a person, you know, one of the the most interesting people that you could come across comes from Alaska, has a lot of like real, real core roots from his heritage, like mom and dad. And just like a, I, I call him a true friend because you know, he makes me better. And, you know, we, we've had, you know, a bunch of different times where we um, have kind of like broken things down and he uh, was a great interview. You know, that's all I can say. Like he was one of my, you know, good friends uh, for a long time. And uh, I'm so happy that he was able to come on and share some of those, you know, uh, perspective that he has on the game parents um, kind of like from when he was coming through. And, you know, I, I hope some people pick some, some stuff up from that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, was a phenomenal player too. Just like, I mean, I watched him and was an art of him all the time. And he, he didn't speak like, which I just love his humble personality and the messages that he sent. And, and, you know, some of those little, uh, like little quotes that he had, the, the rink being a sacred place and, and, uh, all those, you know, the, the influences that he had in his early career, but really, really cool. And just, uh, a great interview. Obviously, big shout out to um, on two two twenty two, which you know by the time this airs will be a, a day or two old. But was National Girls and Women's in Sports Day. So big shout out to uh, the Mots girls and obviously uh, Kev. You know she's still grinding away with the uh, with the Clydes, even though she dislocated her shoulder. Uh, and our former guests Megan Duggan and Casey Bellamy, who were two great Olympians. So shout out to them and. Obviously, we're looking up to, um, you know, the, the Winter Olympics are going to be starting up here. That USA-Canada um, matchup is set for Monday, February 7th at 11, 10 p.m. March, you going to be staying up for that one? Yeah, I'll, I'll be up. Yeah, but that's always a – I'm mean, not a skin. Talk about a uh, highly anticipated battle. I mean, very physical, very skilled game. Those women's players just compete hard. Yeah, I mean, they see so much of each other, you know, because, like, they're the two top – you know, uh, you know, teams in the world, but you know, when it comes down to it, you know, we, we talked, um, you know, to Jack Wallace about, you know, certain, you know, they see this, you know, Kenner a lot and in the sled hockey, but you start knowing tendencies, you start developing rivalries. You, you just almost have a hatred over the course of, you know, leading up to the Olympics and it just really comes to a head and you're getting everyone's best shift. And I think that's like why it's so good, you know, on yeah. the women's side. And like they're so physical, even though they can't check, they take great angles and they separate people from pucks. So it's going to be unbelievable to watch them on February seventh. And I will be watching. Yeah, and there's a little, you know, USA won the the last Olympic gold, and they've been kind of shortchanged a bit here. They haven't. Uh, they they've been. Uh, what am I? What's the word I'm looking for? The, the world championships have gotten canceled on them, which has been, um, you know, extremely frustrating. So it'll be good to, you know, see their skill on display um, in the Olympics coming up here. And obviously, it'll be fun. We we can dive into the men's stuff that starts a little later, right? 
Yeah. So next week we'll, we'll yeah, next week yeah. we'll talk about that. It'd be cool to see the college guys and some of the former pros and stuff out there. So excited about the Olympics starting up. Uh, that'll be, that'll be great. I saw some of the outfits, uh, some of the outfits online are a little eh. <laughs> mediocre. Eh, I don't know if I didn't see any baked potato shoes. I'm kind of disappointed. <laughs> oh, like, about... that's style. Uh, yeah. I mean, like you sent me some stuff about, uh, you know, like, you know, uh, golf shoes and, you know, whatnot. And like, he totally pegged me. He totally <laughs> pegged me. <laughs> the foot joy guys. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, so the, great. He, so he like, yeah. He sends me a link to like, take a look at some golf shoes. And he's like, these are the, he circles the, the, you know, um, sandal golf spikes. And I'm like, you're not going to believe this, but, but I do. <laughs> I, I got some like Tiva esque golf shoes like 20 years ago <laughs> it's amazing and the other ones were like the other ones i circled like the ultimate dad like newbies like that you <laughs> you know you rock and, and definitely like mow the lawn in and i mean probably yeah. wear the baseball games and around town and stuff like that but the thing is imagine if you could aerate your lawn while you mow <laughs> <laughs> you might be onto something yeah Actually, my father-in-law did get me for uh, Christmas these aerating, like, strap-on shoes, like, to strap your shoes on so when you're walking around, you can aerate <laughs> your lawn. I'm dead serious. Big shout-out to uh, Jeff Wilkinson Sr. Love you. <laughs> uh, the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, all right, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Once again, thank you to the sponsors. Uh, make sure you check out the Six Line if you want to jump in on the uh, February vacation camp with us. And uh, remember... Listen to Scotty Gomez. Like that guy, he he gets it. Yeah. Good great interview. I will uh always treasure his uh relationship from many levels, from on the ice to off the ice, but that more importantly off the ice. All right, Jersey. Cue the rink shrink shuffle. That's a wrap. Oh,